Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the September 14, 2022 Rancho Santa Margarita City Council meeting. I'm going to go ahead and call the meeting to order. Mayor Pro Tem Hollywood, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Thank you very much. Ms. Diaz, can we get a roll call, please? Mayor Figueroa. Here. Mayor Potem Holloway. Here. Councilmember Beal. Councilmember Gamble. Councilmember Megger. Here. Okay, we're moving on to presentations and proclamations. And tonight we have a drought update by Fernando Paludi, General Manager with Tr Tribuco Canyon Water District. Good evening. Good evening. Fernando, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. but then I, I caved in. It's good pictures. So good evening, Mayor Figueroa, members of the council. My name is Fernando Paludi. Thank you for allowing me to provide a quick update on the emerging drought conditions. Um, I haven't appeared before you since soon after I was hired as general manager uh, at Trevigo Canyon Water District in uh, September 2019, so just, just a little over three years. Oh, and, and by the way, before I go on, um, I did attend your State of the City um, event uh, last week, and it was very well done, so I enjoyed that. Thank you. All right, so Tribuco County Water District provides water and sewer service to roughly 14,000 residents east of Plano Tribuco Road in the communities of Dove Canyon, Rancho Cielo, Robinson Ranch, Walden, and Tribuco Highlands, as well as unincorporated county areas generally north of RSM, Mission Viejo, and Lake Forest along the foothills abutting the National Forest. TCWD serves some of the highest elevations in the county, and nearly all of our 4,200 connections are in the wildland interface where fire danger is now an almost year-round threat. A fun fact about TCWD is that we operate one of the only drinking water treatment plants in South County, which allows us to keep rates lower by purchasing less expensive, untreated water from the Metropolitan Water District. A little more about TCWD um, towards the end of my presentation. All right, so um, reviewing how Southern California gets over half of its water supply will help explain several topics tonight. Uh, in case you're wondering, I borrowed some slides from the Metropolitan Water District um, for convenience. So this is the Metropolitan Water District service area from Ventura all the way down to San Diego. Our region enjoys two major water supply lines. Those are the pink lines coming in from the north. Um, that's the State Water Project from Northern California and the Colorado River Aqueduct coming in from the east from the Colorado River, obviously, at the border with Arizona. Metropolitan has an amazing integrated system of pipelines that can convey each of these supplies to just about anywhere in urban Southern California, almost but not quite. Water can flow by gravity from Diamond Valley Lake near Hemet in Riverside County to San Diego County, San Bernardino, Orange County, and much of LA County. Likewise, water from the State Water Project can reach all the way down to San Diego. However, certain areas, about one-third of the Met Service Area, as it turns out, can only receive State Water Project water due to elevation and other limitations. And that has become very apparent during this last drought, which spans the driest three consecutive years on record across the state of California. The result is that since June 1st of this year, these areas shown in orange have been subject to unprecedented restrictions. Through the end of 2022, these areas collectively are limited to two-thirds of what they typically use. So there's just not any water coming down from the State Water Project, basically enough for health and human safety needs. We don't realize this in Orange County because we're blessed with a lot of other resources, but you know, this is a huge part of Southern California that is um, in severe limitations. And I mention this because you'll probably hear about it in the news or read about it in the paper how um, a lot of different areas of LA County and up in Ventura are limited to one day a week watering. So the local water agencies in these areas can choose to enforce a one day a week outdoor watering or um, commit to meet their goals through other means. It is quite possible that unless the early winter is a very wet one, 
things could get worse, including com complete bans on outdoor watering in those areas. There might be some infrastructure solutions to get metropolitan system to push Colorado River water further into those areas, but that can't be accomplished soon enough. So here in Orange, South Orange County, we should be relieved that we are not in that situation yet. But there's at least a couple of important points to remember. One is that we are all part of that great interconnected metropolitan water district system. And ultimately, what happens to one happens to the others. Another below average or even an average winter in the Sierra Nevada and Met could declare some level of rationing system-wide probably in the spring of 2023. The other important point to remember is that the current drought, and here I will use instead the phrase hot and dry climate trend, is not just affecting California, but the entire Southwest. This image is from three months ago, and one could argue that conditions have improved slightly with the monsoon rains that flooded Vegas and parts of Arizona, but the relentless hot and dry conditions continue. The larger southwest drought is important because the Colorado River that supports tens of millions of city dwellers and millions of acres of agriculture and produces uh, lots of hydropower has been in a deficit situation since the year 2000. If not for the massive reservoirs of Lake Mead and Lake Powell and a lot of cooperation between the seven states that share the river, the current crisis could have happened much sooner. But the federal government who manages the river has called on the states to negotiate a huge reduction in water use in order to stabilize water levels in both reservoirs and maintain hydropower production at the major dams. So this is what these reservoirs look like today. This is a portion of Lake Mead. Lake Mead's at 25% of capacity. This is a sequence over, rough, over, over 20, uh, 20 years. And this is Lake Powell today. And that's what Lake Powell looked like when it was full 42 years ago. Because of California's favorable position in the priority system on the river and the enormity of these reservoirs, we in Southern California haven't been impacted by the Colorado River deficit until now. So both imported water sources to Southern California are in distress. And this is a topic for another day, but our state has not been moving fast enough or at all to move more water through the Delta in the north into new surface storage and groundwater storage in the Central Valley. Much depends on what kind of a winter we have in California. For now, state leaders have taken a measured approach, calling for voluntary conservation of at least 15%. As of June 1st of this year, urban water suppliers like TCWD and Santa Margarita Water District have been asked to enact their water shortage contingency plans at level two, which targets water use reductions of up to 20%, but for the most part, ask for voluntary conservation from residents. The state water board has also issued an emergency regulation to ban outdoor um, potable water irrigation of so-called non-functional or decorative turf. Um, this decorative turf um, does, not, does not include parks, sport fields, or other turf areas that serve uh, recreational or event purposes. Although this technically applies to the common areas in HOAs, um, this ban is intended to focus on commercial and industrial centers. It is limited to the use of potable water or drinking water. Fortunately, much of Orange County's green spaces are irrigated with recycled water, which is exempt from this ban. And I will add that the enforcement is left to the local agencies and cities. So state government's not going to come down and fine us. They're going to count on local jurisdictions to do what they think is right. Here's an example of a recent project to replace non-functional turf. Uh, probably better to reserve judgment on this one until some of those plants start to grow out because it does look uh, terrible <laughs> on the right-hand side. Um, efforts thus far have been more um, the carrot than the stick, with the residential turf replacement rebate approach uh, being expanded and applied to these much larger spaces. Metropolitan's current rebate of $2 per square foot is available for all commercial sites up to 50,000 square feet, so that's up to $100,000. This would include HOAs, for example. And for public agency sites like city grounds, 
$3 per square foot is offered for spaces up to 200,000 square feet, or $600,000. Actually, I couldn't believe that, so I had to look it up today, and it's, it is, in fact, um, that level. So, I mean, I think they're serious about having public spaces convert uh, and take out their non-functional turf. And as a quick reminder, because I know that Santa Margarita Water District was here recently um, giving a drought presentation, um, Metropolitan offers these residential rebates and more uh, that can be found at bewaterwise.com. So you have, they're still offering um, rebates for the more modern, super high efficiency toilets, um, high efficiency clothes washers, um, flow monitoring or leak detection devices, um, the rotating sprinkler nozzles, which are more, more water efficient than the ones that just spray, Rain barrels and cisterns, uh, weather-based irrigation controllers, which I think is probably the best for your money. Um, if you want to do something, that you, if you don't already have one in your home, it's probably the most thing that's going to save the most water because it, um, it regulates your outdoor water usage and it senses the weather and so it operates itself, basically. And then there's soil moisture sensors. And I would also suggest visiting um, Municipal Water District of Orange County's website, modoc.com, because they add to many of these rebates and offer technical support and classes. Okay, so to bring this back to the Rio Canyon Water District and how our agency has prepared for and continues to adapt to water scarcity. Um, our board of directors enacted our water shortage contingency plan, which outlines six levels of drought response actions at a level two in June of last year. This is consistent with Santa Margarita Water District and lists several actions that collectively target up to 20% reduction in demand. Some of these actions include expanding public awareness of the drought, encouraging our customers to voluntarily limit outdoor watering to three days per week in the summer and one day per week in the winter, assuming it rains in the winter, requiring customers to fix leaks within 48 hours of being notified, there's much more, but you can visit our website at tcwd.ca.gov for more details on that. TCWD offers additional rebates on top of what Metropolitan and MODOC offer for, for example, an additional $145 for high-efficiency clothes washers for a total rebate of $230, an additional $100 for the high-efficiency toilets for a total rebate of $140, an additional $50 for smart irrigation timers for a total rebate of $230. And again, I think that's one of the best things you can do. And it almost, I think it pays for just about the top of the line uh, irrigation controller. So it's just about free. And then we also offer 50 cents per square foot for converting spray drip, uh, spray to irrigation, uh, drip irrigation for a total of a dollar per square foot. Tropico County Water District um, already recycles 100% of the wastewater collected from our communities east of Plano Tribuco. Actually, we've been doing that for over 20 years now. And we serve uh, that drought-proof supply at a discount to several HOAs and the Dove Canyon Golf Course for their irrigation needs. TCWD also operates Dove Lake in the Dove Canyon community as part of a network of urban and stormwater runoff capture and reuse facilities that increase our recycled water supply. And just this week, uh, TCWD launched our smart meter installation program where we are changing out over 4,000 water meters with new and what I call smart meters that automatically collect water consumption data for each home several times a day so leaks can be detected faster and customers will be able to access their data on their iPhone or computer. And I'm happy to, to um, say that we're able to report to the state, as we have to on a monthly basis, that our total water use in July dropped 10% compared to July 2020. And remember that the governor is asking for a 15% reduction. So we are getting close. And I'll let uh, Terry Sforza know that because she uh, writes an article about it every, every month in the OC Register. And about these monthly conservation figures, I need to stress that the communities within TCWD, like many others within South County that are literally up against the wildland interface, have fuel modification zones that serve as a buffer and must be maintained per OCFA regulations, regardless of watering restrictions. So at TCWD, we try and take that into account in our drought response. So that brings me to the end of my presentation. And I need to... Um, 
uh, with a plug about our Water Awareness Day back in, in May, uh, where we not so subtly highlighted our 60th um, anniversary of serving our customers. So thank you for inviting me and uh, giving TCWD your time tonight. Thank you, Fernando. Council, is there any questions for Fernando tonight? Okay, Fernando, thank you so much. All We're right. going to start praying for rain, I guess, yes. right? <laughs> we got to dance. Thank you. Okay, Mayor Pro Tem, you want to join me? La Fiesta here? Amy, do we, do we know? Okay. We, we're going to recognize uh, La Fiesta Mexican Grill tonight, but I guess they're not here, so we'll make sure that they get their recognition. They're just celebrating their 15th year here um, in the Rancho Santa Margarita business community. Okay, we're going to move on to our proclamation tonight for Hunger Action Month, September 2022. And Malia Carey is here. Malia, come on up. <laughs> Good to see you. Malia works at the Second Harvest Food Bank here in Irvine. If you haven't been there, everybody needs to take a trip out. It's absolutely amazing. And um, so it's good to have you here tonight. So hunger, poverty, and food, and nutritionally insecurity issues are a vital concern here in California, where 20% of Californians face food insecurity on a daily basis. And one in every six children do not know where their children, their next meal will come from. The city of Rancho Santa Margarita is committed to taking steps to combat hunger in every part of our community and to provide additional resources that those in Rancho Santa Margarita need. The city of Rancho Santa Margarita is committed to working with the Hunger Alliance and educating people about the role and importance of food banks in addressing hunger and raising awareness of the need to devote more resources and attention to hunger issues. More than 800,000 individuals in Orange County on average rely on food provided by the CAPOC Orange County Food Bank, Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County, and abound food care monthly. The coronavirus pandemic has had devastating health and economic impacts across the country, and it is projected that hundreds of thousands of people could face continued hunger and food insecurity in Orange County in the wake of the pandemic, along with the increasing cost of living this year. The above-named members of the Orange County Hunger Alliance have distributed more than 82 million pounds of food in the last year through its network of food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community organizations. The month of September has been designated Hunger Action Month in order to bring attention to food insecurity in our communities and to enlist the public in the fight to end hunger by taking action, including volunteer shifts, social media shares, and donations to ensure nobody has to make an impossible choice between food and other necessities like medicine, utilities, or childcare. Food banks across the country, including the members of the California Association of Food Banks, will host numerous events throughout the month of September to bring awareness and help to end hunger and food insecurity in their local community. So Malia, as mayor of the city, on behalf of my city council colleagues and the almost 50,000 people here in the city, I want to congratulate you. Thank you for all your efforts um, to help food insecurity. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Um, on behalf of the Orange County Hunger Alliance, which, um, as Mayor Figueroa mentioned, is Orange County Food Bank up in Garden Grove. It's Second Harvest Food Bank uh, in Irvine and Abound Food Care, which is a, a food care organization. Uh, we usually partner together for food issues here in Orange County. So, so thank you to Mayor Figueroa, the council, the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. We appreciate you recognizing September as Hunger Action Month. As the mayor mentioned, um, it's still a continuing issue even after the pandemic. Right now, one in 11 people in Orange County is food insecure, including 
one in eight children. Um, so we're, we're busy as ever. So we appreciate the partnership and the recognition and, and thank you very much. And then also it's good to know that RSM Cares, you know, our food pantry here in Rancho Santa Margarita, I know partners with you, Second Harvest Food Bank, and um, our family total has gone way up. We were at like 180 and now we're serving about 240 families twice a month. So the need is there because of unfortunately inflation and all the other factors that have made it difficult, more difficult to buy food. So thank you so much, Millie. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Did you take a picture? Okay, we're gonna go ahead and move on to schedule a future events, Ms. City Manager. Thank you very much, Mayor Figueroa, members of the City Council. On Saturday, September 17th, the city will host a free paint drop-off event for local households and businesses from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Registration is required for this event. The collection site will be located here at the City Hall parking lot. Households may bring any amount of paint, stain, and varnish. Limits do apply to business. Paint must be sealed in its original container, container with original manufacturer label. No leaking, unlabeled, or empty containers. No aerosol spray paints. No drums or containers larger than five gallons will be accepted. There's a flyer on the city's website for a full list of products that will and will not be accepted, and also information on registering for the event. Next, on Saturday, October 1st, the city is hosting a free electronic waste disposal and document shredding event. The event will take place from 8 a.m. to 12 noon at a new location at Applied Medical's R100 building parking lot located at 29977 Avenida de las Banderas. This event is open to everyone that would like to properly discard their old electronic items. Items that will be accepted include monitors, television sets, mouse and keyboards, cables and cords, computers, printers, hard drives, shredders, cell phones, power supplies, telephones, laptop servers, DVDs and VCRs, copiers and fax machines, computer peripher peripherals, and toner cartridges. We cannot accept sharps, kitchen appliances, batteries, smoke detectors, or fluorescent tubes. This is also a document shredding event, and it is a great time to get rid of all of those old documents that you no longer need. Please bring your paper records and documents in a standard size file box. The documents will be shredded on site at no cost. There is a limit of 10 boxes per household and or business. Lastly, while advertising for this event, the city is putting a strong emphasis on reminding RSM residents that they have access to four free curbside bulky item pickups from CRNR each year. This benefit is a great opportunity for residents to clear out their garages and dispose of any other large items at their convenience. To schedule a pickup, please call CRNR at 877-728-0466. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to go ahead and move on to public comments. This is the time to address the City Council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the City Council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person and a time limit of 15 minutes for this segment of the public comments portion of the agenda. And I do have one e-comment tonight. And this e-comment is from David Alex Austin. And he is following up from his last e-comment um, asking the city council members to contact the two county agencies um, for uh, assistance that he is asking for. I guess he has not heard from them yet, um, and he would like us to follow up. So thank you very much, Mr. Austin, for your e-comments. Is there any other public comments tonight? There are none. 
Okay, thank you very much. Okay, moving on to the consent calendar. All matters on the consent calendar are to be approved in one motion, unless a council member, staff, or a member of the public requests a separate action on a specific item on the consent calendar. I'll entertain a motion. I'll move to approve the consent calendar. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Consent calendar passes. Okay, moving on to public hearing items. There is none this evening. And then we're gonna be moving on to continued items. 6.1, temporary outdoor dining program update. Ms. Kuda. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Good evening. Uh, this item is regarding the temporary outdoor dining program. During 2020, the city manager issued several executive orders relating to the pandemic. One of those orders established interim procedures to allow for outdoor business activities. These procedures allowed businesses which were limited by the ongoing state orders and limited uh, indoor operations to conduct some of their business outdoors. The intent of the orders was to reduce the adverse impacts related to those business closures. As the state lifted orders restricting indoor activities and the executive orders were set to expire in June of 2021, the city council adopted a resolution extending those interim procedures indefinitely with the intent to allow the outdoor business activities to, uh, to continue and for the businesses to adapt to the new, num new normal and, and to economic recovery. The resolution also directed staff to report back in about a year with recommendations regarding the permanent establishment of an outdoor dining permit program. As noted in the staff report, a total of 29 outdoor business permits were issued during 2020 and 2021. No new permits have been issued since the resolution was adopted by the city council. And in preparation for this report, we surveyed all of the 29 areas that were approved for outdoor dining. And we found that only four restaurants are still utilizing their temporary outdoor dining areas. Others have either made their outdoor dining areas permanent through existing city processes, or they have discontinued their use. As we've explained in the report, staff's not recommending any changes at this time to the program. We're not recommending that you rescind that resolution at this time, because the areas that are still in use are, are functioning very well. They're, they're meeting their intended purpose, and they are very well received. So uh, we also believe that there are effective procedures in place for restaurants to permanently establish outdoor dining or to expand their outdoor dining operations. And those examples are in your staff report as well. Hannah's is a great example of that. They have made that temporary area permanent through our existing processes. We'll continue to monitor the establishments and we'll report back in the event that any changes to the program are recommended. This is a receive and file item, so we are happy to take any uh, comments that the council has at this time. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Council, are there any questions of staff uh, tonight? Just a comment. Yeah, Council Member McGurk. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, frankly, this is one of the very few silver linings of the COVID pandemic doing this, having the outdoor dining and helping out the businesses in the way that we did, not just the, not just the restaurants, but the nail salons and whatnot. Um, it's a recommendation to make this permanent or is it just to do this on an annual basis, come back and monitor it and come back and see if we want to rescind anything? It's we will monitor and come back if there is a point in time when we think it should be rescinded. Um, our sense at this point is that the, the businesses that have wanted to make it permanent have, have availed themselves of our procedures to do so because most of them had an outdoor presence anyway and could be administratively approved for a permanent expansion. Um, there's one example that is still in place that is th the only one that's still really in a parking lot. And I, I have a feeling that that one will, sometime, at some time they'll just decide to move all everything back indoors. It's, it's, it's not, it's being used, but it might not last forever. Taps. Yeah, so we'd rather just, uh, rather than asking anyone to put anything away or go through a process since it is working effectively and we do have processes in place, we're recommending just status quo. Okay, great. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you. I agree with staff's recommendation and everything that Councilmember Gurr said. Um, whatever we can do to help our businesses, um, we're here to do that, and, and certainly there's some benefit to them. Um, 
I don't know that we had any particular complaints or any number of complaints about uh, outdoor dining during the pandemic, and it just allowed some restaurants to kind of add to their um, already the dining experience. And I know people that are able to do that, they enjoy it. So thank you for what you've done here, staff. And I think this is a great plan. And you have, you know, you have a process and order if someone wants to make this more permanent. And I trust the process. Thank you. Yeah, and I just wanted to reiterate to your department, Cheryl, I remember how fast you put together, you know, this program at record speed, and um, it was a huge help to the restaurant's viabilities, you know, right at the start of the pandemic. So thank you for that. Okay, that's the receive and file, right, Mr. Attorney? Okay, moving on. To new business, 7.1, community assistance funding request from the RSM Chamber of Commerce for Rancho Family Fest 2022. And I do have an e-comment, or not an e-comment, actually a public comment, from Mike Ebel. Good evening, Mr. Ebel, how are you? Thank you for being here tonight. Well, um... I know that you got on the agenda here approval for um, Rancho Fest, and I, I know back in 17, 18, there was an in-kind donation of 9,000. And, and I, I agree with what they're trying to do, the accomplishments of promoting business, that kind of thing, but I kind of step back when I see a price tag of $41,900 for this Rancho Fest. I'm not sure what we're getting as taxpayers in return for that. So maybe you guys can answer that question. So that's my comment. Okay, thank you. Okay, we're gonna turn it over to the city manager. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mayor Figueroa, members of the city council. Uh, as indicated, this item is to approve a community assistance funding resolution and Ms. Cheryl Kuda will provide that staff report. Thank you, Madam Mayor. I just have a very brief report. Uh, the city, the, the RSM Chamber of Commerce holds an annual two-day festival known as Rancho Family Fest. The city has partnered in this e event for several years. Uh, this item is a request for community support funding and it's similar to prior years, which includes a combination of direct support, in-kind services, and law enforcement. As explained in the staff report, the development services budget includes an allocation to support Rancho Family Fest, and in addition, staff is recommending an, uh, a slightly larger allocation of funds toward law enforcement services for this year, um, which is above and beyond what was requested by the chamber. The chamber's report, uh, the chamber's request is attached to the report. Uh, this is a community assistance funding request, so it does require adoption of a resolution by the city council. That concludes my remarks, and I do know that the uh, Chamber of Commerce president and board members are here to answer questions as well. Thank, Thank you. you very much. All right, councils, I'll go ahead. And, any questions tonight? Uh, Councilman no, Walker? I'd love to hear from uh, the chamber on it. Okay. If they're willing. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. Bastian. Thank you for being here tonight. Good evening, Mayor Figueroa and uh, Mayor Pro Tem Holloway and Councilmember McGurr. Um, for those of you uh, here that don't know me, uh, my name is Josh Bastian. I'm the president of the RSM Chamber of Commerce. Um, and first, I wanted to thank all of you on behalf of uh, the business community in Rancho Santa Margarita. Um, I'm very pleased to announce that business is booming um, here in Rancho. Uh, and much of, much of that success is uh, directly attributed to the hard work that you guys do uh, for everyone in the city. So. This last year serving as chamber president, um, it's just been awesome. Uh, public service is now what really gets my heart pumping and I had no idea how rewarding it can be. So uh, I'm proud to announce that since uh, this chamber board and I started working together just over a year ago, uh, our chamber membership has gone from 54 to 151 today and we're still growing every day it seems. So with the partnership of the chamber, uh, Sam Lark Rotary, RSM Cares, and the city uh, were truly making a huge difference in the lives and businesses of those who call Rancho Santa Margarita home. So again, thank you. Uh, with that being said, we still have a lot of work to do, and we can use the city's help. And as you know, 
Uh, our biggest draw for the business community is Rancho Family Fest, and we're expecting this year to be the biggest event ever. So allowing our business community uh, to get in front of thousands of people and showcase their company's services is what Rancho Family Fest is all about. So I wanted to tell you a quick story about uh, just one business quickly. So I'm, I'm a contractor. Um, I've always thought that uh, if a contractor, like a plumber or a painter or a roofer, uh, were to set up a, a booth at the event, um, they could get some pretty good exposure for their small business. Um, so last year, we started talking to some of the trades, and we were fortunate enough to meet a man named uh, Arthur Perez, who owns Purpose Roofing and Waterproofing. So Arthur agreed with me that being able to meet thousands of people in his own community would definitely help his business tremendously. And uh, we were right. He set up his booth. He met every, this guy's dynamic. He's just a wonderful person. Uh, and if you haven't had an opportunity to meet him, he'll be there again this year. So not only Arthur is going to be there, but now they, uh, the trades are starting to get, here, uh, get word that this is a good place to meet all the wonderful people in Rancho. We've got two more companies coming in, Durable Painting and Dr. Junk. Um, so I'm excited for these guys to start promoting their businesses as well. So that's just part of it. Me being a contractor, I was super happy to see that these guys are successful because of Rancho Fest. Um, that's not to mention all the uh, uh, food vendors that are going to be there and the small businesses that are going to be there. Uh, this year we've got a, um, it's a passport treasure hunt that the kids are going to get when they come in, and they get to go around to all of the booths and collect stamps from all the businesses. They'll take that passport book, bring it over to the chamber booth, and they'll get some kind of a toy. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but my kids are freaking out about it. So uh, they'll have a full passport stamp, I'm sure. Um, so that's just one of the things we're doing to make sure that uh, the businesses get a little bit more exposure. Um, so uh, as I've said many times, and you guys have heard me say it again and again, the businesses here are the straw that stirs the drink. If it weren't for them, we couldn't have this wonderful city. So it's our job, uh, with your help, the city's help, to promote those businesses. And they're doing much better. Business is booming, but they still need our help. So let's get the uh, folks uh, from Rancho Santa Margarita and the surrounding communities into Rancho Fest um, to promote those businesses. Uh, so. Right now, I'd like to invite my friend and uh, our uh, chamber treasurer, Mike Conti, to come up and answer any questions you guys might have uh, and discuss it a little bit more. Mike. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Madam Mayor and Council Member McGurr and Pro Mayor Pro Tem Holloway. Um, as Josh says, my name is Mike Conti. I'm the current treasurer of the RSM Chamber of Commerce, and I've been treasurer on and off since the chamber um, regrouped in 2017. Um, I want to thank thank you you as a city uh, for all the years you've partnered with us uh, and helped us make Rancho Fest a successful event. Um, as Josh mentioned, and maybe it'll help answer Mike's question, the, the purpose of the chamber is to promote, showcase, and expose our businesses, not only in Rancho, which helps, but outside to outside communities. Because as we know, we're kind of a bedroom community, and unless you have a reason to come in the rancho, uh, you may not. So other cities get to see who our businesses are, what they have to offer, not only at this event, but through all of our social media marketing. We are pounding uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatever other social media things that are above my pay grade because I'm lucky I can turn a computer on. Uh, but we have professionals that are out there pushing our, our businesses uh, to the community and beyond so they know, hey, these, rest these restaurants, these businesses are here. Come and, um, come and patronize them. Um, last year was the first time we were able to have this event post-pandemic. Um, and while we followed every rule and um, guidelines and protocols that we were supposed to for, for health, health uh, rules and everything else, and the challenges they presented, we really had an awesome event. The community came together. They were looking for a way to shake off being, you know, in their houses and cooped up and, and all the things that happened because of COVID. And they came out 
in, in good numbers uh, and enjoyed the restaurants, meeting the businesses, listening to all the entertainment we had for them, um, bands and uh, face painters and things for the kids to do. It really pulled the community together uh, and kickstarted them into, hey, we're getting back to normal. So Rancho Fest not only uh, does uh, its job in promoting the businesses, but it said, hey, community, let's get together. Let's move on with life and try to get everything behind us. Um, a few things that uh, we, we were excited about uh, was that last year was successful, and it got us excited about how we can be even more successful this year. So some of the things that we were able to do was get um, businesses and sponsors that normally didn't participate in Rancho, they came in, they want to be a part of our event because they know it's successful, they know it helps the businesses and the community, they want their name out there too. And so we got sponsors that we hadn't had before uh, that are helping us uh, fund this thing. The, the chamber's not immune to all the other businesses that are struggling with higher costs. So all of our costs went up from security to maintenance to fencing to all the things that you're going to see the, uh, at the event, inflatables and whatnot. So we're, because we've been successful, we're bringing in newer people into the, into the fold, which helps the business community in general and helps the city. Um, we have used past dollars, and we will use any dollars we're successful in getting this year for promoting uh, testimonials on videos. We're going to have a blog. We're going to do everything we can to utilize any funds we get to the maximum so that, again, our businesses are exposed, not only here but outside of the city. Um, we are going to be making the event even funner for the, uh, the residents that come. We've got um, our some of our favorite bands like the Reflex and Tijuana Dogs, but we also have some new bands like the uh, Queen Tribute Band and the Tom Petty Tribute Band, along with local bands too, so give them some time for uh, their community to, to see who they are and get them some exposure too. Um, we are going to be um, uh, having some additional help for security this year. Uh, we have the fine deputies of the Orange County Sheriff's Department, Captain, and the fine work your, your deputies do. We are enlisting other crime fighters. So this year we're going to have Spider-Man shooting webs everywhere. <laughs> we're going to have Captain America, you know, with a sword and shield. Um, and we're going to have princesses for the, for the ladies and the gals, the little gals. We're going to have Anna and uh, Ella. From Frozen. So <laughs> we're going to have these characters um, here for the kids, which is going to, again, create excitement for the event. The more excitement we create, the more businesses get exposed. The more businesses get exposed, the more dollars they will hopefully see. And the more dollars they hopefully see to create more tax dollars for our cities. And more tax dollars for our cities creates better benefits for all the citizens. So um, we are appreciative of you. Um, Reviewing our request, we know it's, um, it's not easy to spend money, but we believe these dollars will be money well spent in promoting our city, our businesses, and our residents. So I'm sure I missed something, but if I did, I'm here for questions. And again, I thank you for your time, and I'm open to any questions you may have. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Josh, for being here tonight. Council, any questions? Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Mike, Josh. Um, roughly... How many people attend Rancho Family Fest in years past? I mean, is it, I don't have exact numbers, but do you have a, a rough estimate how many people flow through those gates over two days? Sure. On, you know, the numbers have varied over the years depending on weather and, 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 and different issues. But uh, last year, we, we anticipated that we had or we estimated that we had about 6,000 residents come in through the two days. Okay. This year, we're anticipating that to grow from six to 8,000, and if we are blessed, we'll have even more. And roughly how many businesses have participated in years past? Um, we average about between 40 and 45 businesses that will have booths throughout the event, <clears throat> plus anywhere from 10 to 14 restaurants. Okay, thank you. I don't have any more questions with some comments after. Okay. Thank you, Mike. Councilman Rebecca. Um, like Mayor Pro Tem Holloway, I have some comments about it, and I, but no questions. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and thank you very much, Mike and Josh, for being here tonight. Okay. We're going to go ahead and move on to. Can we comment on this? Comment. Yeah, please go ahead. 
Want to go first, Ray? Go, go ahead, Mayor Pro Tem. Well, I, I just, uh, first of all, thank you, Josh and Mike, for being here. Um, to clarify, on Rancho Family Fest, um, and it's a good question, Mr. Ebell, it really is a good question regarding what the benefit is to the taxpayer. Um, the proposal is that we actually, it's a total of $41,000 and change, but it's really $25,000 that would be uh, directly as direct support to Rancho Family Fest, the same as last year. And um, the year before that, I had the uh, honor of being the mayor during 2020 during the pandemic. We didn't have a Family Fest, uh, Rancho Family Fest that year, unfortunately, and we really missed it on, in, in more ways than one, not just because it's enjoyable for everybody, but the revenue that it creates, and this is really, it's not like a gift to the chamber, it's, a, it's an investment. And if you think about it this way, this city, every city, especially in the last number of years, lives or dies on sales tax revenue. It's no longer a matter of property tax revenue, it's sales tax revenue. And what Rancho Family Fest does, it highlights the businesses, allows them to sell their wares, to introduce themselves to the community, particularly our newer businesses who have just come here into the city, and hopefully create uh, an increased tax revenue for the city. And they employ, I mean, we applied medical is the biggest employer in our city, and it goes down from there. Everyone who has a teenage child is probably working in a business here in Rancho Santa Margarita. The bands that are retained for this, including French Park, by the way, and French Park's a local band, young kids, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids who play here, and they get some exposure as well. But it brings in, literally, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of people from outside Rancho Santa Margarita to spend their money here, not just at Rancho Family Fest, but when they go out to lunch or dinner or buy some gas or whatever the case may be, it introduces our somewhat landlocked city to the rest of the county of Orange, and it brings them all over. Tijuana Dogs brings thousands of people. The Reflex brings thousands of people. And what happens is that sales tax revenue that's generated partly through this investment in Rancho Family Fest, should we approve it, um, it lasts throughout the entire year. And the proof in the pudding is that our revenues keep going up, um, our, our um, financial reserves keep going up. And so it's an investment, and it's an opportunity, again, to promote our business community, to assist our business community. The, the chamber has grown, it's tripled, in, I think since 2017, tripled in size. And I don't know of any other city who's had that benefit. So um, with all that said, um, Rancho Family Fest in part pays for the services that our citizens, such as yourself, expect and they deserve. And through these are tough economic times. We're coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, and uh, we hope to see it continue to grow. Uh, but Rancho Family Fest is going to be huge this year. I'm certain of it, and I think the need for additional security is important as well. So um, I just wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for your, your question and have an opportunity to respond to it the best I can. Thanks. Mayor Pro much similar to what uh, Brad's talking about. Very good question, and we ask that question of a lot of things that come before us, actually most everything. Think about Rancho Family Fest. Um, we all think it's a good idea, have thought it's a good idea for a number of reasons for years. And that being said, if we hired an entity to put this on, we wouldn't be able to afford it. I don't know how many volunteer hours there are from chamber members and others, but it's substantial. So it really couldn't be done in another, if we want to do it in this format and get the same product and hire someone to do all of it, man all the, all the booze, all the ticket sales, it wouldn't be able to do that. Um, and certainly economic development is something that this council, the city, the staff take seriously, hence the dollars that we allotted, you know, in our general budget to economic development. And to tell you how serious the city is, about economic development, decision was made to hire someone to further that process, and when we the city did hire someone, and that individual just didn't work out, and that individual was let go, and we're so that tells the the residents and, and the people that are concerned that we're serious about doing it the right way. If you take all the events that we have in the city, from New Year's Eve to uh, all the concerts in the park to the Santa Claus Day and all that. You can't necessarily put a 
dollar value to what we're getting back to most of that. Clearly, the concerts on Sundays, uh, we're spending money, we're not, don't charge for it, don't make money on that, but quality of life, um, what makes people feel good about living here, that's part of that. And in terms of like the cost of police services, we're not going to skimp on police services and public safety for events in the city. We're just not going to do it. And they don't, they don't look at these, the Sheriff's Department doesn't look at these events and say, well, normally we would charge X amount of dollars an hour for a deputy and say, well, we're going to double it. And they don't do that. They charge you what it costs them to pay their deputies to be here. Um, so all the costs associated with our, this has been looked at over and over, and they are reasonable. In the, again, a great question. Um, thank you for bringing that up. We always, we always like citizen involvement and participation. But this event is fits our our idea of economic development, giving back to the community in so many different ways. And Brad said it best. All the things that we've done, and this is, how many years have we had Rancho Fest roughly? Help me. I think the first one was in 2000. Well, we used to have a Taste of Rancho. Oh, that, yeah, right, right. Rancho Fest became, 2010 became an event. For quite some time, and yet our budget uh, keeps increasing. So the money that we spend that we don't necessarily get back, and it's, it's hard to measure this. You couldn't measure how many tax dollars this generates for a business that has a booth. But they wouldn't be coming to this event if it wasn't beneficial to them. So um, thank you for your question, comments. Thank you to the chamber, staff, or, or um, partnering sheriff's department, uh, certainly in favor of, of this event and the request from the chamber. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Pro Tem. I have just a couple of questions and then a comment. Um, my first question is for the chamber. So I, don't know, I think, Mike, this is probably for you. Um, can you just elaborate a little bit? You know, obviously, we're experiencing inflation incredibly right now at everything. Can you just talk about how much more you think this event is costing us this year than it did last year because of these inflationary factors? Sure. Um, so the chamber is going to wind up putting out about $40,000 more this year. Uh, cost for security has gone up, inflatables, fencing, uh, porta potties, um, ambulance, um, uh, maintenance crews, uh, just about everything. Bands, the bands have gone up considerably. So we're going to probably shell out about $40,000 more this year than we did last year. Yeah, and I really appreciate the Chamber's effort, too, to extra security, um, just because we know, especially on Sunday night, that that was our biggest night, I believe, last, last year. And um, so I think, I think the extra security is really, really important to ensure a safe event. So thank you very much for, for letting us know that, Mike. And then my other question is for um, city staff. Um, can you just go over, maybe this is for Stephanie or, or for city manager, um, can you just talk about the ARPA funding and the amount that has been input into the budget and where that came from, just to let everybody know, just the background on that. So the, the ARPA funding proposed for this item is $3,675. Last year, uh, the city council approved $12,600 toward the vendor booths at Rancho Family Fest. Um, and that was on a reimbursement basis. So uh, local businesses paid their fees and uh, these funds were used to reimburse them. So there was a, a lower cost for them to participate in Rancho Family Fest. They did not utilize all of the funding last year. So we have carried over 3,675. So that's the, the ARPA funding here. If you wanna know the larger amount that the city is receiving of ARPA funds, that would be a question for our um, finance director. No, that's fine. I just want to maybe just tell everybody about where the ARPA funding actually so the originated ARPA, from. Um, that's the American Rescue Plan Act funding, and that was allocated from the federal government to um, state and local and county governments. And uh, we, re we received an allotment of that, and it could be used for specified activities for uh, recovery purposes or for um, paying back um, revenue loss that the city would have gained during the pandemic, but uh, but didn't. Okay, thank you very much. Well, I just want to thank the chamber for everything that you do for our city. You know, it's not just putting on Rancho Family Fest; it's putting on events throughout the year, mixers. I mean, the 
list ju just goes on and on and on for the number of events um, that you know we're at all year round. So supporting our businesses and supporting individuals too. We have a lot of individuals that belong to the chamber as well. Um, that live here in our city. So um, I just want to thank the chamber for everything you do. Again, this is a volunteer organization. Nobody's getting paid. Um, so we appreciate everything that you do to make Rancho Santa Margarita a better place and to make our businesses stronger. So I, we appreciate that. And we're really looking forward to Rancho Family Fest this year. Um, this event, this is something that people look forward to, you know, all year round. So um, it's really become a huge event, everybody knows about it now in surrounding areas, and um, you know, it's just really something to look forward to. So I'll be supporting this tonight. Is there anything else tonight? Gonna vote. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I'll, I'll move to approve the staff recommendation. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here tonight. Okay, moving on to public comments. This is the time to address the City Council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the City Council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person. This segment of the public comments portion of the agenda shall not exceed a total of 15 minutes. Ms. Diaz, do we have any public comments tonight? There are none. Okay, thank you. Moving on to number nine, City Manager Report. Ms. Cervantes. I have nothing this evening, thank you. Okay, moving on. Matters presented by mayor and council members, committee assignment reports, Orange County Fire Authority, Council Member Gamble, who is not here tonight, so we'll go ahead and skip that. And moving on to community associations of Rancho, Mayor Pro Tem Holloway. Thank you, Mayor Figueroa. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, meeting was canceled yet again. We hope to have our, I'm intended one yet. I feel like I'm not taking care of my duties, but um, the meeting was canceled. Um, some speakers weren't able to make it. They're going to reschedule again for next month. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Council member reports and comments. Council uh, member Thank you, Madam Mayor. Two things real quickly. I want to thank everybody who attended the fundraiser for Cruz Melendez last night at Tudor Fresco. 20%, uh, thank you, Steve White, by the way, at Tudor Fresco. 20% of all the proceeds um, went to uh, help pay for Cruz Melendez's medical expenses uh, suffered as a result of that traffic accident on Antonio. He had his uh, right leg amputated below the knee, and so his expenses are through the roof. And so I want to thank everybody who showed up. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up, and I thought it was really interesting, I saw it today in the paper, um, about the animal shelter, the Orange County Animal Services. In 2017, I think it was, uh, and I may be wrong on the year, it could have been 2018, uh, we voted to no longer contract with uh, the County of Orange for animal services. And we did so uh, because they just weren't providing the services that we wanted them to. And we ended up contracting with the city of Mission Viejo, and then subsequently other cities joined in as well, uh, and to run a no-kill uh, shelter in Mission Viejo, and also for that um, facility to provide animal care services here in the city. And a lot of people don't realize animal care services isn't just getting your dog, you know, license renewed and stuff. It means that there's a, you know, a dead deer in Dove Canyon, someone has to come take care of it. And that, that turns out to be uh, this new service as opposed to the county. So today in the paper, I was uh, disappointed actually and somewhat heartened to see that the Orange County Animal Shelter is getting all kinds of grief because they've shut down public um, uh, visits, if you will, to if you want to go adopt a dog or a cat or a bunny, you have to make an appointment and see the dog or cat on a video screen before you decide, or actually it's a picture, before you decide to make an appointment to come see that animal to see if you can adopt that animal. Apparently they're understaffed, uh, so they don't have time and the, the ability to have people coming through and looking at the animals and adopting them. The kennels are filthy, and uh, meanwhile the director makes $300,000 a year. So that being said, I saw that and I thought, you know what? I remember four years ago, whatever it was, 2017 or 2018, it was a contentious you know, issue and we were trying to decide which way to go with this because it's frankly more expensive to go with the mission uh, uh, animal shelter. And I think we made a really good decision because ever since then I haven't heard a, I haven't heard a complaint about the um, Mission Viejo shelter that we've um, partnered with them, and uh, I think it's great. And, and when I saw that today, I just, it all came back to me how glad I am that we, we went that direction and that 
you know, you lose your dog or cat, um, hopefully it gets picked up by the Mission Animal Shelter, and you don't have to have a sleepless night worrying whether or not that animal is going to be euthanized. So I just wanted to bring that up. Thank you. Thank you. As we all know, school is back in session. Um, just want to say that whatever speed you travel in a school zone, when you're in that school zone, cut it in half. Thank you. Just wanted to thank everybody for coming out to the State of the City. Um, last Friday was a sold-out event. Um, we were so honored to have Congresswoman Young Kim there. Um, District Attorney Todd Spitzer was there. And our guest speaker, um, Supervisor Don Wagner from the 3rd District. So it was a great event. The Chamber, you guys did a fantastic job. Thank you so much. And um, we decided to um, actually tape the State of the City this year so everybody could see the State of the City, not just the people who attended the event. So um, the State of the City is on our city website now for anybody to view at any time. Um, so I encourage you to make sure that you let everybody know that it's up there so that everybody can find out all the wonderful things that our city has accomplished this year and, um, you know, has something to look forward to, you know, in all the years to come. So um, please uh, encourage people to take a look at that. Okay, moving on, the next meeting of the City Council will be held Wednesday, September 28th at 7 p.m. in the City Council Chambers at City Hall. Meeting adjourned.